I am Brother Cornell West, and this is Hip Hop Can Save America. Peace and love, everybody. It's your man, Manny Faces. Just wanted to let you know that Hip Hop Can Save America is now available as a live stream show every Monday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time on YouTube. You can find it at hiphopcansaveamerica.com slash watch. Excerpts from that show will be played here on the audio feed, so you'll still get the good interviews that you've been used to. But check out the live stream and check out my free Substack newsletter at mannyfaces.substack.com. That's filled with all kinds of stories of hip-hop innovation, inspiration, and generally hip-hop news that isn't about dumb shit. For everything hip-hop can save America, hiphopcansaveamerica.com. For everything Manny Faces, mannyfaces.com. And if you find value in this work, you can support it. We'd love to have you aboard as a supporter at patreon.com slash mannyfaces. Now let's go. The thing about hip-hop uh, today is it's smart. It's insightful. The, the way that they can communicate uh, a complex message in a very short space is, is remarkable. And a lot of these kids, they're not going to be reading the New York Times. That's not how they're getting their information. My hip-hop will rock the shop the nation. Hip-hop culture is more than music. Peace to you. We speak the truth. Show them what peace can do when they're reached for you. My hip-hop will rock the shop the nation. Rap is something you do. Hip-hop is something you live. So hip-hop didn't invent anything. But hip-hop reinvented everything. Peace and love, everybody. It's your man, Manny Faces, coming at you live and direct, live, live streaming, Hip Hop Can Save America, the podcast, live stream edition, Mondays through Thursdays, 1 p.m. Eastern for the entire month of September. That's crazy talk. It's ridiculous. If you've been a fan of the podcast for some time, you know that we've been doing this for quite some time, speaking to luminaries, individuals and organizations uh, that are using hip hop in innovative, inspiring, and sometimes surprising ways. Uh, to uplift humanity, and to improve society. My name is Manny Faces. Uh, as you can see, it says it down there. And uh, as you can hear, as you can see on the podcast feed, it says it all over the place. I, I do appreciate you taking some time out of your busy day, undoubtedly a Monday on top of that, to check into the show and check into some of the things we're talking about. Intersections of hip-hop and areas like education, uh, science and technology, politics and social justice, big topic last week. Um, the fine arts, also a big topic last week. Last week was great. Uh, well, every week was great. We, this is like the 10th one we've done, something like that. So if you're just now f realizing this is a thing, pay attention, see if you like it, and then go back and binge. And we'll be doing this for the rest of the month. Uh, got some great guests lined up for the rest of this week. Really good conversations coming up again. The intersection of hip-hop in these different areas in, in ways that can uplift humanity and improve society. So I'm not going to waste too much time. You guys have figured it out by now what I'm doing. So we'll keep it uh, moving this time. One of the things, I, I sit in this weird place of journalist and activi uh, activist, I guess, uh, advocate for hip-hop. Uh, so I like to teach and kind of cheerlead for hip-hop, especially this stuff that we're talking about, this, the intersectionality, the use of hip-hop in other ways outside of just entertainment. Uh, because I've seen so many good things and so many good examples of how it can improve lives and livelihoods and communities uh, around uh, the country and around the world. But for this show, we're focused domestically. One of the things that I like to do, because I'm a sucker for a good argument or, uh, or just, you know, trying to build up these skills is often I'll talk to people that are kind of removed from the hip hop ecosystem. You know, they, they're not familiar with the culture. They have maybe a cursory knowledge of it through the music side or just whatever they might hear or see in, in mainstream media, which is not often, uh, flattering, although some of it is warranted, but not a lot. Uh, what you don't get is balance. You don't get the stories about, uh, you do, they, they're in dribs and drabs. You don't get the stories of these intersections of how hip hop does uh, help people and can help people. Um, one of my friends uh, who, you know, is just not a hip hop head, just not that he's, you know, you know living in, under a rock, uh, but he's not a head. And uh, he's a, a, a trauma surgeon, one of my good friends, my brother. I go back, you know, almost my entire life with this cat. And we talk often about these intersections. He's kind of a tech guy. And so I talk to him about the intersection of hip hop and technology and how I went to uh, a hip hop hacks, shouts to hip hop hacks. This organization, it's a hip hop hackathon where they blended, you know, use of music uh, and technology to kind of introduce young people into, you know, hacking and computer programming and, you know, sort of that tech field kind of thing. At first, that was foreign. He's like, how do you, what does that mean? A hip hop hackathon? I know what a hackathon is. And I know what hip hop is. So how do, what, what are those two things? And so I'd explain. 
And that's part of what this show is for. I really hope that people share this with people that are in these fields, whether it's education or the fine arts or photography. We had Ernie Panicoli on last week. And they share this to say, hey, I just, you know, I'm, I'm, I already know this stuff, but, you know, you're in this field because I do truly feel like any aspect of humanity can be improved by having some hip hop in the mix. And that's a hard concept for people to understand. I go back to my doctor friend and I, I mentioned to him uh, sort of like the educational aspect of hip hop culturally relevant, you know, the pedagogical approach of teaching uh, in a culturally responsible way, you know, that, that all folks from all different backgrounds don't have the same philosophies. And so we try to angle the education system towards people and their unique characteristics, their lifestyles, their ethos. That's culturally relevant pedagogy. You teach, you know, and hip hop is a great way to reach young people, particularly young students of color who are, you know, unfortunately still uh, very underserved by the education system. Uh, but also something that can be kind of universally used because, you know, a lot of kids love hip hop. The hip hop is very influential on popular culture. So if you go in with this mindset, you can find better ways to connect to students. It just makes sense, right? It just, to me, it just makes sense to some educators. It may not, and they may want to dip their toes in and find out more. And this show is one way to do that. And my doctor friend, I said, well, you know that this could be used in the same way in medical settings. There was a, there was a study, a report that said that uh, by having a better understanding of the cultural differences that you might have as a, you know, as a white male doctor, for example, um, with, uh, you know, communities of color where you might be stationed, uh, you could actually get a better understanding of their, their problems. Their di- you could diagnose better. We've seen many studies, unfortunately, that would show that there's some discrimination in the hospital settings or in the health uh, industry uh, where uh, doctors would prescribe pain medication less to black and brown patients because there was some sort of implicit bias that would suggest that they weren't as in as much pain as they say and had a higher pain tolerance. So just a, a broader sense of, uh, now we talk about diversity, inclusion, and understanding, and belonging, and all these things. And, and that's why the health industry is very, especially now, during this you know, pandemic, uh, how can we improve relations, and how can we improve connecting to communities that aren't often, again, served properly? And that long preamble is to tell you that this organization, Hip Hop Public Health, uh, has been doing this sort of thing for 15 years. Uh, it's a very large nonprofit organization that's dedicated toward improving health equity using the arts, using hip hop in particular. And it was a great pleasure to speak to their uh, CEO and executive director, uh, Loy Rose Benson, about the work, about the history of the organization, the current landscape of the situation of the organization, particularly in the situation we find ourselves in, uh, an upcoming gala event that they're having, uh, and uh, a lot of interesting tidbits about just how effective hip-hop culture music sensibilities ethos people authentic intersection can help our fight against all kinds of health issues and all kind of health inequities across the country so without further ado i thank you for letting me introduce the whole topic this is my interview my fascinating talk uh, with Lloyd rose benson in its entirety Hello, good evening. What a great pleasure to talk to you. The Hip Hop Public Health Organization has been on my list uh, for quite some time to have a sit down with uh, because this show, as, as you probably know by now, focuses on sort of the intersection of hip hop music and culture with other areas of society and especially in, uh, with the idea that we can use hip hop to uh, improve society and uplift uh, humanity. Uh, your mm-hmm. organization, I think, is kind of epitomizes that kind of intersection. Uh, so if you could, please just let people know. I don't want to read off your bio. That's very, you know, it's very uh, uh, strict. Uh, if you could just please let people know who you are and how you present yourself to the world professionally as it relates to uh, hip hop public health organization. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on, Manny. This is really an honor. Um, my name is Lori Rose Benson, and I am the executive director and CEO of Hip Hop Public Health, which is a nonprofit that was born in Harlem, New York City about 15 years ago. And our, our mission is to harness the transformative power of music, um, art, and science to really uh, foster positive behavior change in youth and their families. 
families. Um, so we are rooted in, in social justice, in health equity, in um, music for change and for positivity and for community and with, with young people at its center. Right. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's funny because all of those topics are suddenly in vogue. They're all, you know. Amazing, in, right? Amazing, right? Yet, <laughs> amazing. Say 15 years you've been doing this. This is not, you're not new to this. Uh, well, your organization is not new to this. Mm -hmm. uh, you come from a long history uh, of, of public health work, uh, of working mm -hmm. in sort of in different organizations, but with the public yes. health in mind. Uh, I like to. I, I say this secretly. I really hope that no hip hop people watch this show. Of course, I want hip hop people to watch this show. But what I love is that when people who are not familiar with hip hop culture and only have a very cursory knowledge of hip hop listen and find out that there are these kind of things happening beneath the surface of what their perception might be. Um, what? Why hip hop? Mm -hmm. Why hip hop with public health? Why would you take a perfectly good career, Laurie? And throw it into hip hop. Why hip hop with public health? What is that connection all about? And why is it so uh, effective and important? Well, you know, I would tell you that uh, I, I'm part of an incredible team that was founded by Dr. Elajade Williams, who is the chief of staff of neurology at Columbia University Medical Center in New York City. I've heard of that. Place. And uh, yeah, yeah. The, a little place. Um, <laughs> and he's a, you know, he's a full tenured professor there and an incredible implementation science researcher. And, you know, about 20 years ago, he was really concerned, particularly, you know, his area it really is, is stroke. Um, and he was really concerned uh, at the time of seeing so many younger people, people between the ages of 20 and 50 coming into the hospital, have, having, suffering, uh, having suffered a stroke, didn't know that they were suffering a stroke, didn't come in early enough. And um, he was just wondering, how do we get to these working people, many of whom you know, were single parents, were very busy. He was also working in Harlem Hospital at the time. This is where all this started. And so... He wondered, well, what if we can teach their kids? What if we can teach their kids the signs and symptoms of a stroke so that they can get to the hospital early? Because if you can get to the hospital within four to six hours, there's life-altering, life-saving treatments. True indeed, right? yeah. But then why would young people want to learn about stroke? Mm -hmm. And so his hypothesis was, well, what if we use hip-hop? What if we use hip-hop and, you know, coming from the roots of social justice, of communication, of motivation and inspiration. What if we use that, couple that with, with science, with behavior change strategies to really see if they're going to learn this information, if they're going to internalize it and then and act upon it. And it was wildly successful. And, you know, years later, we've used that model, which now we coin as the multi-sensory, multi-level health education model, um, more public healthy than hip hop sounding, but basically right. we take a social ecological model of influence, right. which has the person at the center, then the community and government and policies. And we layered on top of it, hip hop, you know, mm. culture, music, right. Right. and the neuroscience of learning. So, you know, when you combine something as motivating as hip hop music, with the neuroscience of learning and and um, evidence-based back public health messages, you can have a really winning combination to first get kids' attention, but then also help change behavior. So that's kind of where it all first started, you know, uh, years that, ago. Yeah, that, and that makes I mean that makes sense uh, to smart people like yourself uh again we like to say this is the world's smartest hip-hop podcast so the vernacular is perfectly in line with what it's we do perfect. here uh but at the same time this is not uh this has to go back to you know uh howard gardner's theory of multiple intelligences and how people learn you know you might learn things by reading you might learn things mm -hmm. uh, visually you might learn things uh, uh kinetically uh, there's different ways that people absorb uh information and we do know the power of song we do yes. know the power of rhyme poetry and we, we learned the abc song i teach the yeah. little kid the, the cleanup song because i don't want to clean up the house uh and that works because uh, we get you know it just works as, on a human level well you know manny i mean marketers and advertisers have been capitalizing on that for forever right, right. and so sometimes 
in convincing us to make choices that may not be the best for us, why don't we use those same strategies that will foster healthy behaviors? And the same thing, like you said, so alliteration, acronyms, repetition, and all of that is natural, you know, within hip hop. And and the other reason for hip hop, I would also say is um, it started because we started in Harlem and we wanted to be culturally relevant, particularly within the community of color that we were serving. Um, And now hip hop is the number one consumed genre across the U S. So, you know, it's, it's not just, one community is it's everyone and so how can we use that to motivate and inspire when yeah. it comes to something that may not be as sexy as as health messages and, and health education but how do you couple it with something that could be really really enticing I, I often talk to hip hop based educators. And of course, again, we recognize the connection to those communities uh, from whence hip hop came and how important it is because very often they're underserved, they're under resourced. Uh, they don't have it, the, these kind of uh, uh, programs in their schools, arts programs, uh, civics, you know, things that you could teach through hip hop that they're not sort of getting anywhere else. Uh, but you make a good point that it also has this kind of universal appeal because you know who doesn't like hip-hop now like who can't use these tools so it's being used in areas that are uh most uh in need but it also has universal applications and for something like as we can see right now in the current kind of health crisis that our country's (laughs) in that ability to reach a lot of people with a concise message without getting too dragged down in the you know uh the wordiness of it is super important Well, you know, that's exactly why when we were faced with the coronavirus pandemic and, you know, this is the work that we've been doing since since we were founded. You know, how do you use music to change health behaviors? We started with stroke education. Then we went on to physical activity and nutrition and more like obesity prevention in young people, Um, adverse early childhood experiences, toxic stress. And then when we were faced with this pandemic, we said, we have to use our model to reach those most in need and to have the widest net possible. Yeah. And that's why we created resources. We, we teamed up with our founding artist, Dougie Fresh. Yeah. Um, he recruited 40 of his closest friends uh, to help show how to wash your hands and other influencers, you know, everyone from, from Jamie Foxx to, uh, to um, Cedric, the entertainer. And then, after we did uh, this hand washing video, 20 seconds or more, right. we then did another PSA called 20 Segundos Amas in Espanol um, for our Latino communities around the world. Um, and then uh, we last just uh, released on the anniversary of hip hop on August 11th, um, the 47th anniversary of the birth of hip hop, we launched Behind the Mask, which was actually a blend. It was a beautiful R&B track with Raheem Devon that had a hook with DMC and Dougie Fresh, really showing how to put on and take off a mask properly. And also, you know, a message of love from from our home base in New York to everyone around the world that if you wear a mask, it's because I have your back and you have mine. And you're not invisible behind that mask. I still see you and we can do this together. So, so yes, absolutely. It's a good message coming from the previous epicenter of the, (laughs) of the entire thing. These programs. So you have songs, you have music, you have, uh, you know, uh, messaging that's, that's, uh, assembled delivered it must be nice dougie just have like 40 of his closest superstar friends you know to put that out there well uh, you know that, that doesn't happen every day it no, doesn't happen every day <laughs> <laughs> but when it does it's uh i guess the programs the songs the messaging how does that get disseminated but besides just put it on youtube sure. and doing shows like this uh what partnerships what kind of uh, uh you know uh, interactions or intersections do you have with schools or other institutions that might help sure. move this along well, we, we have a longstanding partnership with, with schools in, the, in our home base in the New York City Department of Education. Actually, when I first met our founder, I was running the Office of School Wellness Programs for the New York City Department of Education. Got it. You know, small district, 1.1 million kids in 1,800 schools. I've heard of and, that, And uh, heard of that place. <laughs> and, you know, Dr. Williams and I, we actually met on the radio. We met on... Uh, a radio interview and it was in 2006 or seven. And we were mm. talking about our respective approaches on 
you know, what we were doing about youth obesity in, in New York City. And after that interview, we said, oh, we need to, we need to know each other. How do we not know each other? Um, but, you know, um, we work deeply with, with uh, just about every youth serving uh, physical activity, health, nutrition, facing organization locally, regionally, and nationally. We're part of the Active Schools Consortium, which, which was formerly uh, Michelle Obama's Let's Move Active Schools. Right. We work very closely with the Alliance for a Healthier Generation, with Shape America, which is the leading organization for health and physical education professionals. We routinely, um, pre-COVID, in person attend, you know, dozens of conferences and present all around the world, uh, well, almost the world, the country, um, yeah. soon to be the world, um, you know, and now we do a lot of things remotely. We just presented at a conference with Special Olympics International. Um, we're doing a conference with uh, the, the Delaware uh, Department of Education in October. So, yeah. you know, any organization that we're not working with, we want to work with you because all of our resources that we create and, and Manny, it's, it's beyond songs, it's songs and right. videos and comic books and instructional tools, everything that we create is available for free. Right. And we work really hard. So for example, we have a gala coming up on September 22nd. When we do events like this and we work with our sponsors and we, we go after grants so that we can take that, that barrier of access to you know, evidence-based, quality, culturally relevant, materials so schools uh any person a young person families you know parents are the new teachers in many cases now um they can go to our website they can go to our website so you have to let me know how it goes (laughs) we have over 140 resources available for free you know again ranging from uh nutrition education to hip-hop dance breaks we have a whole series called hype the breaks helping young people energize and so all of these can be downloaded streamed used for free um and so yeah it it, the way that we are going to help more young people around the country be more physically active make good choices is by having strong strategic partnerships with health-facing organizations with education-based organizations Mm -hmm. so that this work can amplify so if we're not already working with you reach out to us yeah. Um, we'd be happy to. Those are uh, notable uh, receipts, you know, of co- organizations that are already taking advantage of the partnership and the and the materials and programs you guys put out. Let me let me ask you this. Uh, I, I talked to a lot, again a lot of educators and, and folks who are trying to do some of the things that your organization does. Mm-hmm. Just from a advice to others kind of deal because you recognize the power of using hip hop culture. It's not all the, doesn't have the negative. It does have the, there's some negative, there's some things with hip hop that have to sure. be dealt with and sure, but like life and like any other aspect of society, I often say uh, there's all kind of facets and aspects for organizations. Have you received, have you received pushback when trying to approach uh, some of these partnerships uh, and saying, hey, you know, look at us, we're hip hop public health. And you get that kind of first impression jitters. Uh, and, and how do you deal with that if you have uh, encountered that? Sure. Um, absolutely. I would say that there are definitely organizations or, or people that are like hmm, hip hop. I don't right. know if that's if that's for us or we're not necessarily hip hop adjacent. Um, <laughs> right. Um, and may not say that out loud, but I think you know, being able to have the conversation um, and be able to share the the model, because once people, you know, even when I first met Dr. Williams, when I was at the New York City Department of Education, what I loved about hip hop public health was that it came from an evidence-based research perspective. It wasn't just like, this is beautiful music with great celebrities and it sounds like it's got a good message, but from the beginning, it was evaluated. It was research. There was an iterative process of refinement and development. And to me, that is, that is the gold standard. So like right away, (laughs) I was like, this is, this is an incredible organization. I want to help connect them to as many schools as possible. Um, And I think once people get to know us, uh, you know, many people knew me, for example, last year in April, we were at the shape America, which is the society for health and physical education national conference. Right. And uh, we did the keynote um, for that conference in front of about 
2,500 to 3,000 health and physical educators from all around the world. Mm. And a lot of people knew me from my role in in running health and physical education in New York City Department of Ed, but they were like, what is this hip-hop public health thing? <laughs> and, and, and you're bringing Daryl DMC McDaniels from Run DMC to a phys ed teacher conference? Like, this is, how does this work? Right. And we did about an hour long keynote and and we talked about our research we talked about the connections we talked about our evidence-based model we showed our hip-hop dance breaks uh even dmc shared his story and he talked about from when he was younger you know i was rapping about going to college and like kids started going to college and i was rapping about my adidas and like just by saying that you know and so if through hip-hop young people will follow you doing X, Y, and Z. Well, why not use it for health? Right. right, right. Um, and, and he always likes to say like an apple a day, that's just like an incomplete rhyme. So what can we do to take it to the next level? So I think, you know, people that knew that I was working with hip hop public health and once they saw us and, and listened, right. they have to be open to listening. Sure. Um, they were, they were blown away. And I, I can't tell you from that one conference how many partners we started working with because they were like, oh, I get it. I and, I, you know, and I do think, you know, um, there, there's definitely some judgment when you, when you hear hip hop. And, and I could understand why sometimes. Um, but we are really based in its roots. We are based from the perspective of, of social justice, of communication, of being heard. Um, and supporting communities. So, yeah, I think once people um, just are open to the conversation and, and thankfully more and more are, they can understand uh, who we are and, and what we're all about. I was going to say, just uh, anecdotally, I suppose, do you find that as time goes on, as you see other, you know, you see hip hop in academia more now, you see hip hop being respected sort of in these uh, long-standing institutions that like that, that trickle effect helps out the organiz- the, the work you're doing. I think it does, and and the artists that we work with are all very health conscious and right. socially conscious. So, like, they are incredible ambassadors. Right. Um, they're not just someone who's lending their voice to a PSA. Right. Like, they are part of our hip hop public health family. And so I think having advocates like them and, and for many of them, they are the, the the founders of hip hop, right. They are so well respected um, and admired. So it it really, I think lends a lot of credibility um, to, to the conversation. Yeah. You mentioned DMC just, uh, you know, I've met DMC briefly uh, and what a just fantastic human being, like his energy, his messaging is always great. Uh, I know he has an adoptee story. I'm an adoptee. I've always connected on those levels, just a, you know, a great uh, ambassador and a great choice for that. Of course, Doug Fresh, everyone, like you said, you mentioned that the the ambassadors are well-respected and I think that's, that's that's helpful uh, when it comes to telling these, um, uh, Trying to get these messages across. So yeah, that, yeah. What, and, um, you know, oh, I would. I was just going to add that you know, I think they care about all aspects of health. But it is interesting how you know, um, you know, Doug started with Dr. Williams with with stroke ain't no joke and and hip hop stroke. Yeah. Um, Chuck D has been involved with us on a lot of healthy eating. We have a whole model of you know, it's not like there's bad foods we have go slow and woe foods like a traffic light model go is green right slow is kind of like you got to think about it and woe is once in a while so it's not like never it's just once in a while and yeah i I woe too often well you know it's it's about that balance but that's That's the kind that's you know that's what we teach and and chuck uh Chuck performed and and co-wrote go slow woe um you know ashanti uh, who is sort of, you know, R&B uh, adjacent, one of our incredible supporters, you know, many of her songs that she's worked with us have been more around self-esteem mm-hmm. um, and Jordan Sparks as well. Nice. Um, DMC has done all of our physical activity breaks. So he's helped us jump and kick and slide and glide and bounce and go to the core. And um, 
he's just, you know, his, like you said before, his energy is, is boundless. This is amazing. Uh, I was going to say how you mentioned a little bit, maybe we could just, uh, if there's anything else that you think is relevant to how you guys have had to adjust or had to adapt uh, under the current, uh, you know, uh, pandemic crisis, lockdown, quarantine, all the things you're not able to go out and meet kids in public. You mentioned a few things, uh, just how's the organization adapted and made sure that you're continuing this message, particularly now when health is such a, important, yeah. you know, aspect of our life. More that's, than a great, that's a great question, Manny. And I'll tell you in New York city, you know, when everything shut down the second weekend in March, I think that first week, we were very concerned. We were very concerned. How are we going to do our in-schools programs in New York City? How are we going? All the conferences that we right. had planned, everything, you know, sure wasn't going to happen. Lined up. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that sort of uh, ambiguity lasted maybe five days. And we've been working triple and quadruple overtime ever since. Um, you know, we felt it was imperative to launch these hand-washing social distancing and mask wearing videos. Um, they've been seen millions of times all around the country and around the world. Yeah. And we know that they're helping to save lives. Um, we launched a whole new fitness series and remixed the music uh, with the Cooper Institute for the National Fitness Gram Fitness Pacer Test. Um, we are now starting on a project with Special Olympics, which mm -hmm. um, we're going to be announcing in a couple of weeks. So I can't talk about that too much. Right. Um, but it's just been, you know, we, we saw an incredible uptick on our website. You know, we would probably have three to 500 users on a, on a daily basis, kind of just check in and a lot of teachers. And also since we, we offer all of our materials for download, when someone downloads them, they may not need to come back for a while to our website. So it's, it's kind of, you know, it's a lower number, but it's okay. Right. In April, when most all schools switched to remote learning, we were seeing 20,000 plus visits a day. Wow. Um, teachers were, were, were um, starving for material that was, was innovative, that was interesting, that can be conducted over Zoom, that right. could be easily downloaded, that was free, but also great. And so, for example, we took our, um, the breaks that I mentioned, the hip hop dance breaks, the hype breaks, Right. we rebranded them. And instead of calling it hype the breaks, we called it hype at home. Mm. And we didn't change anything. We, these are the same breaks that you could do in a classroom, right. in a gym, and we just remarketed it as hype at home right. and it was getting picked up everywhere. And I can't tell you there, there are dozens and dozens of school systems around the country that reached out and said, can we put this in the, in our learning management system? Can we put right. this on our local cable access system? And the answer is always yes. Yes. Right. And yes, as long as you're using it for nonprofit purposes, absolutely. Mm. So I think, um, you know, understanding that we have to, um, you know, make people aware of all the resources that are available to them at their fingertips. And I think also thinking about who are the other audiences we want to serve. So for example, there are these incredible teachers that on their own took our 20 seconds or more hand washing video and they work with um, students that are deaf and they redid the entire video in sign language with, with all the kids doing all the parts and, and captioned. And it's mm. absolutely beautiful. And we're going to remix that and put that on our website and share it with everybody else, right? right? And so we get inspired by the dialogue and the production of what, what teachers and young people are doing out there. And that helps inform us um, in terms of what we might want to do next. That's so making, making more resources available online, making more complementary resources, like more teacher guides, more instructional guides, for teachers and for parents is something that we will be doing a lot more of um, as we're into this new school year yeah. that is very, very blended uh, for, for many families. I think it's uh, the cipher, right? That kind of we give and we receive and it's a sharing yes. of information. It's not just a one-way dissemination of information. It's what makes hip-hop in educational settings so powerful uh, because it is that kind of transference. It's not just a lecturing yes. and and uh, that, that's, that's awesome. When 
when people of the culture, hip hop, you know, minded folk see hip hop being used, one of the first things that I think a lot of people look for is, well, are they doing it, you know, authentically? Are they making sure that that's happening? And it's that power of the cipher. It's that transfer yeah. energy and information that, that you're talking about right there, which is we're doing, we're putting it out there. We're taking the authentic voices from the culture. We're putting it out there. People are, re- are using it and, and remixing it and smacking yep. it and flipping and doing all the things. And then we're, we're learning from them and then reincorporating that into what we do. That's exactly, that's the way it should well, be done. You know, and we year, year round in, in addition to our main board and our advisory board, we have a youth advisory board. We have fifth graders right. that, you know, they give us some serious feedback and, sure. and they don't, they do not hold back. I'm sure. You know, and we have to know that something is not corny, that it passes, you know, the tests of, of, 2020. Um, and, you know, if, if it passes the test of, of New York City fifth graders, and we know it's going to be good everywhere. If you, if you so, can make it here, you can, if make, you can it make it here. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and the other thing, you know, without getting too technical, our model, when you say cipher, and, and I think I'm going to start saying that more often. I mean, we talk about our, our model as having a child mediated communication process, right? Where the young person gets the knowledge has a change in attitude and, and a change in behavior and then translates that knowledge to their families and to their community. So right. I think it will sound a lot more fun if we call it the child cipher centric yeah. communication model as opposed to, you know, child mediated. I, I, but I, we'll, we'll yeah. think about that. We'll I, think about right. that. All right. I, I won't, I, well, you could use I'll that. Take one. that back. Yeah. We'll let that, you know, I, I won't charge. Yeah. Cause it, yeah. thanks, Manny. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Anything for the cause. Uh, but it is, though, and, and I love that also. I'm glad you mentioned that, uh, br- you know, bringing young people in part of, again, some of the criticisms that people will have of organizations that are incorporating hip hop into their mix. It's like, well, don't just, you know, have a bunch of the elder spokes folks, which are as important and, you know, necessary and wonderful as ever. And think that that's always like a talking down to. You need to have that kind yeah. of uh, information rising up from the young folk to say, hey, listen, we also know who we are and our voices should be at the table. I, I think that's admirable. And I, I really commend you guys for doing that. I'm sure it's uh, been eye opening. I'm sure it's helped. I'm sure it's helped the, the cause. So it's great to do that. Tell yeah. me about uh, the gala. Mm. coming up well, well i hope you're going to join us i'd love yeah to. well that, that's another thing you know we we had to pivot we we originally had our gala planned for june in person at the harvard club hip-hop at the harvard club is kind of nice that's nice. where we were last year it was a beautiful event yep. and um we saw pretty quickly that postponing an in-person event was not going to happen so so we pivoted to an online virtual event, but we're going to make it very interactive. Mm -hmm. It is Tuesday evening, September 22nd, uh, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern time. And it's hosted by Dougie Fresh. Um, DMC and Chuck D will be visiting. We have a very special um, new resource that we're launching. I can't say too much about it, but we did collaborate with someone named Salt of salt okay. and pepper mm, so uh rings a bell so mm. yes and um we are doing a song uh an educational animated video it's really beautiful um an animator called milo the cat along with cartoona worked with us on this they're incredible um we're gonna have a long life working with them because they're just wonderful to work with. Mm-hmm. Now, so we'll be launching the world premiere of a new song with, with Cheryl Salt James. We're also honoring her. Um, we're honoring a number of other folks, the folks that actually helped us make those COVID resources. When we said we have to do these videos, but we didn't exactly have funding to do it. So advisory board member, Melinda Gould, um, the head of the Bristol Myers Squibb Foundation, Patty Doikos, and Helen Shelton, who's a senior partner at Finn Partners PR, helped us amplify our message in a way that we we never thought we would be able to say that, you know, within a, a couple of weeks span, you know, PSAs would be viewed millions of times. So we're also honoring Dr. Mitchell Elkind, who is the president of the American Heart Association. Okay. And... Last but not least, Dr. Melanie Samuels from the Campaign Against Hunger. And this is actually quite an interesting story, Manny, because Mm. um, COVID hits. We're running a research project, an after-school program in about 40 New York City public schools. 
um, it's all about nutrition and math and calories and energy balance. And then the program goes remote because schools are closed. But then we come to find out that many of the families participating in the program were, were not just food insecure, but were hungry and starving. Right. And we're teaching, you know, choose healthy foods, but, but this was not a matter of choosing healthy foods. This is about like not having food. Right. And so Dr. Williams reached out to Dr. Samuels, who runs the campaign against hunger, and they have a beautiful urban farm in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn. They have a beautiful farm in Far Rockaway, Queens. Mm. They have a, a choice pantry in Brooklyn and they run mobile food trucks in all five boroughs. And, mm. and without blinking an eye, Dr. Samuels um, supported our families and put them into her mobile food truck delivery program. So we are, we are honoring her and her team for all the great work that they do and uh, should check them out. They're really, really uh, a beautiful organization she started that organization as a as a one person helping one family more than 20 years ago and wow. and they serve millions of meals around new york city so wow. yeah i mean it's going to be wow. it's going to be a great event a lot That's of fun people um we hope stuff. we hope to get you out of your seat a little bit um <laughs> but you could you could dress up or you could just you know like wear your sweats you know you can lie from your living room have some fun <laughs> with us get to know us we have a great silent auction um I can't tell you all of it, but there might be a cooking with Coolio <laughs> on online class available. That could be a so, fantastic you know. voyage. <laughs> 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 That's awesome. So there you have it. So yeah, so hope you can join us. You could anyone uh, can register on our website. Um, you could find it at hhph.org slash gala. Nice. It's yes. amazing. That's a great intersection of all of the above. Uh, and, you know, you meant uh, an inspirational stories of the partners, the people you're honoring, and, of course, the work that you guys uh, do. It is, as we just talked before we started about, you know, this time of year in New York and what that means to people, uh, you know, just passing 9-11 and knowing that in great times of uh, hardship, uh, if it, I mean, it happens everywhere, but New York's really good at this, uh, you know, coming – coming together, doing what has to be done, finding ways to navigate and mm. pivot, as you said before. Um, Hip-hop is really good at that, too. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the combination of those things, plus, obviously, your national partners, your, you know, everyone who's uh, involved in these, uh, these movements and these programs, it's, it's well, inspiring. Thank you so much. Thank you. That really means a lot. And, you know, there, there's actually one other thing that um, – that I wanted to mention in relation to our gala, but also in relation to this moment. Yeah. And so while of course, you know, we're focusing on this moment as a, as a health crisis pandemic, we also feel strongly of, uh, of another pandemic, um, the second pandemic of social injustice. Um, we believe strongly that racism is a public health issue. Absolutely. Um, another beautiful featured panel discussion that will be at our gala is a beautiful conversation between Miss Opal Lee, who is 93 years old and on a quest to make sure that Juneteenth becomes a federal holiday. Um, and Nico Brim, a brilliant young rap star who Nico is 23, Miss Opal's 93. They have this unbelievable, beautiful friendship. In fact, they have, um, co-created a sneaker that is part of the hip-hop Sotheby's auction right. that's happening, happening this week. This week, yeah, absolutely. Like, like yes. Yeah. So, um, and to kind of bring together this intergenerational conversation about health, about racism, about yeah. social justice, and also, as you mentioned before, about, you know, coming together. That's the message. It's not about, it's not about, um, silos it's about what are our where's our common ground and how do we move forward together yeah and it, it is those into that venn diagram of health and 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 uh racism and environmental justice i, I do another podcast it's called newsbeat we actually merge hip-hop with social justice issues hmm. uh, so how redlining has affected 
uh, how, how the climate change has affected red line neighborhoods and, and these neighborhoods are being affected. Their health is being affected negatively by decades long uh, housing policies. There, there's so many intersections yes. there that have to be addressed. Uh, there is no uh, better way to do it than uh, by by uh, paying attention and, and connecting these dots as, as your organization does and, and the, uh, just how you just mentioned. So uh, thank you, man. Yeah, you've got all bases covered. There's a lot of work to do, but we we are we are proud to be part of this this effort, this movement. We yep. we are excited to work with those that want to join us yep. um, and move this work forward and and continue to you know foster healthier, happier, just you know communities in New York City and around the world. Absolutely. I'll let you go. I'm going to ask you the one question you've kind you know, we've danced around this all night. We've mentioned this uh, examples or uh, proof of concept uh, for this all night. But if you maybe just have one last parting words, if you could, uh, the name of this show is hip hop can save America. Uh, and it's kind of a lofty idea. Uh, but the concept to me is that uh, through what we know, hip hop, culture and music and the participant and an ethos that it has uh, can do all of these things, can spread positive messages, can influence yes. people in positive ways, can do all the things. In your opinion, just by what you've known through life and through working with the organization and all the things that you're doing, uh, why do people need to make sure that hip hop, uh, music and culture are at the table when discussing ways to uh, improve lives and livelihoods and communities in this country? Why hip hop? I mean, I feel like this is the conversation that we've been having all evening, right? Yeah. It You want people need to be heard and seen and, and felt and connected. And, um, you know, I was talking with, with Nico Brim earlier today and he said, you know, like hip hop, this is the language of our people. Yeah. Right. And so, and, um, it is so important as we think about social justice and, and racial justice and we use culturally relevant resources and connect and connections yeah. and understand that that is a huge part of the conversation and needs to be at the table, you know, and we've seen firsthand it's, it's profound, the impact, the behavior change, because, you know, attention is so hard to get these days. Like there's so much going on. Right. There's so much going on in the world of social media. There's so much distraction and we're all competing for this attention. So if you can find and tap into something that can really capture the attention, especially of young people, yeah. of young people in terms of the decisions that they make now and that they want to make, you know, as they get older, um, it's incredibly impactful. And we've seen that with, with, the use of hip hop music coupled with science coupled with evidence-based approach. Um, we see it work every day. Yeah. As I say, you have the receipts, your organization has been doing this for quite some time uh, and clearly uh, adding uh, great value to all of the worlds that you have tentacles in, whether it's health, public health, uh, hip hop, young people. Uh, and again, at this time when health is such a, at the forefront of all of our minds, whether we like it or not, uh, it's super important, super valuable. I'm happy to spread the, the HHPH gospel. And uh, I hope that people do tune in, uh, check out the gala coming up and I hope to have Thank you back. You. Anything you guys are doing, introducing, I'd love to pass along to whoever's, uh, you know, paying attention over here. And uh, Amazing. I wish you all the best. Uh, Thank forward. you. Thank, Thank you so you much. So much. Ah, my pleasure. Thank you. This was a pleasure. There you have it. Shouts to Lori Rose Benson. Shouts to everyone at the Hip Hop Public Health Organization. As you can see there, hhph.org. Information about the gala, hhph.org slash gala. I never knew if it was gala or gala. And I said gala and she went with it. And good, because I don't know how to pronounce everything. But that's it. Gala. HHPH.org slash gala. Once again, thank you for watching the live stream version of Hip Hop Can Save America, the podcast with Manny Faces. That's me. Whether it's on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Manny Faces official or on YouTube at YouTube.com slash Manny Faces. Please subscribe to the podcast. It really helps that you might not catch all the lives. Uh, but if you do have Apple Podcasts, if you do have Spotify, Hip Hop Can Save America. And then you'll get, you know, be able to download all the latest uh, episodes. I am also putting out a special bonus episode on Friday slash the weekend. 
This has been a lot of work, so I'm trying to stick to a good schedule. But we are here live Monday through Thursday for the month of September, 1 p.m. Eastern. Doing it like this. Got this booked for the rest of the month. I have some amazing guests uh, coming up, and I've had some amazing guests so far. And again, today, Lori Rose Benson from Hip Hop Public Health. I really do thank her for her time and her and her organization for their work. The gala is coming up. Uh, do uh, swing over to hhph.org slash gala. Shouts to D Wiz in the, uh, on the check-in, the mighty DJ D Wiz, uh, who I hear will be DJing the after party. You know, he DJs for Salt and Pepper. Like this isn't, you know what I mean? This isn't this isn't low budget stuff. We got the we got the superstars. So yeah, check out that gala uh, and check out me wherever you need to find me. I, I always wait to the end. I'm not a good asker of these things but if you value this work if you value all this fancy cnn looking stuff and the cameras and the subscriptions and the zoom and the things and you want to help support this work everything you uh bless us with goes right into making sure that we can continue doing this patreon.com slash many faces shouts today destino shouts to eddie shouts to Oh, man, so many people on the check-in today. Uh, Elliot Gann. Uh, Elliot Gann does great work. We have an interview with Elliot Gann coming out. Ooh, sh- that's a secret, but it's it's already been done. I just got to put it together and get it out. So stay tuned for that. Does great work in the intersection of uh, young people, mental health, therapy through beat making. He's an amazing guy. does amazing work. Check out Elliot Gann and his work. Peace to everyone who checked in. It's a long list, and, and uh, I, I got to go. Rissa, Eddie, Josh, Mr. Server. Ah, so many people want to check in. I appreciate y'all for doing this and just taking some time out of your busy day. I know it's crazy and it's a Monday, so you know what it is. Ah, homework. I gave you this homework last week. So remember your homework for tomorrow. If you haven't watched it yet, I need you to watch the remix hip hop and fashion on Netflix. Y'all seen that? You know what I'm talking about? We talk about intersections of hip hop and how it's affected society in largely positive. We, we find the positive and uplifting humanity ways to talk about how hip hop intersects with the world. I mean, the fashion industry, you know, became hip hop. You know what I mean? Hip hop took over the fashion industry. Great documentary highlighting, you know, uh, some, some great designers that helped make that happen. And tomorrow, tomorrow I will have uh, someone who appeared in that documentary, ah, like a, a TV star. It's great. Tune in tomorrow, 1 p.m. See man, many faces. I will let you go. I got to go. We got to turn this around and put it up on a podcast feed and do a million other things. Appreciate you for tuning in. Hip hop can save America, y'all. If you don't know, Now you know. Peace. Once again, thanks for listening to another episode of Hip Hop Can Save America, a.k.a. the world's most important hip-hop podcast. My name is Manny Faces. You can find out more about the show at hiphopcansaveamerica.com. You can watch the show now as a live stream on YouTube, hiphopcansaveamerica.com slash watch. Check back for all the replays as well. The interviews from the live stream will be brought here onto the audio feed, so you always get the best of the live stream. You can also check out our Substack newsletter. It's free at mannyfaces.substack.com. Filled with stories of hip-hop innovation, inspiration, and in general, hip-hop news that isn't about dumb shit. <laughs> Eternal shouts to our consulting producer, Summer McCoy. Be sure to check out her dope initiatives, Hip Hop Hacks, and the Mixtape Museum. We'll be back soon with another dope episode, but check us out on the live stream as well. Mondays, 9 p.m. Eastern, hiphopcansaveamerica.com slash watch. Until next time, it's Many Faces wishing peace and love to you and yours. 